We're in Parachavav in Tanya. The goal tonight is not to do the whole parak, but to do part of the parak, really the middle part, where the Balatanya talks about Yisurim, and how one is supposed to deal with the subject and the experience of uh, difficult times. So, but let's begin with the beginning of the parak. He writes as follows, Baram, a person has to know a very important rule, a klal gadol. <coughs> it's the klal gadol of the Tanya Perachavav. Ki kemoshen itzachol and atzeach davar gashmi. Kigon shnei anoshim hamisavkin zeh mzeh lahapil zeh zeh. It's obvious and well known that when two people are wrestling with each other, and trying to take each other down. Two people are fighting with each other, sparring with each other, wrestling with each other. In a very physical way. We're not talking about anything ruchnius here. Two people are physically fighting with each other, wrestling with each other. It's well known that even if one person is stronger, is clearly stronger than another, However, if the person who's stronger is feeling heavy, feeling weighty, feeling lazy, feeling down, feeling depressed, he will be defeated by the person he's fighting, even if that person is weaker than him. If one person is lazy, heavy, down, he'll easily be defeated, the yipol and be fall, be fell, be taken down. Even if he's stronger than his friend. The Balatanya tells us, a Klal Gadol, that when it comes for sure, almost when it comes to fighting what we'd call the Yetzirah, the Nefesh Bahamas, that part of us that's trying to bring us into doing Averus, it is impossible to be victorious over the Yetzirah person's feeling lazy, if a person's feeling heavy. Which draws the meat of laziness and feeling heavy draws itself from depression, from when a person feels almost deadened, a person feels heavy, his heart is, is not alive and he's feeling depressed, he will not be able to defeat the Yetzirah. The only way to defeat the Yetzirah, Ki'im Bezrizus Hanem Sheches, only with one's feeling light, if one's feeling uh, <coughs> quick, one's feeling alive, and that comes from Simcho Psichas Halev. There's something called Timtum Halev, and there's something called Psichas Halev. When the heart is deadened, when the heart is um, filled, when the heart is mitamtem, when metumtam, then uh, it's numb, then you can't fight the Yetzirah. When the heart is alive, it's open. When the heart is alive, it's open. When a person's feeling alive, when a person's feeling clear, pure, we call nidnud, when a person's feeling like, there's no, I'm not, I have no worries, I have no anxiety, if there's such a thing, imagine. When a person's feeling free of all nidnud, only then is it possible to defeat the Yetzirah. And then he goes on to explain, there's a Pasuk that says, However, the Navi tells us that in every feeling of Atzvus, there's something to be gained. 
So I thought the Tanya just said that Atzvus is something that is going to bring you down. That could be something gained from the Atzvus. So here the Tanya goes on to explain where the positive can come from that feeling called Atzvus. And that's what he does here. And he also, towards the end of the paragraph, goes back to the idea of called Etzav Yemosa. But I want to similar do- to what we learned last time when he said that the person tries harder, he gets more scared than if a guy comes easy to. Or am I misstating it? No, that is correct. That, that is correct. Similar? But why, it, it's somewhat, why is that similar to... I mean, it's Even true. He's trying harder. He's going to win. Even a guy who's stronger than him. Um, it's not a question of trying harder. It's a question of... Being alive. Alive. Doing it with the first, Jesus. Right. Not, not, not lazy about it. No, no. I, don't th- I think it's, if a person's in his in either innate personality or at this point in his life, for whatever reason, he's feeling down, depressed, upset, anxious. Not that he's not trying, he's trying. But that's where he's at. He's going to have less strength, less ability, less capability of defeating the person who's alive, who's, 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 who's quick, who's, who's not in that state of what we would call uh, anxiety and depression. That's what he's saying here. And then, <clears throat> so of course the question is, and this is what the tiny, what I want to discuss tonight a little bit, even though it's a difficult, it's a difficult topic, but it's always an important topic. And that is, um, but let's say someone does have nidnud and daiga and problems and issues and challenges and, and pain and yisurim. So then what? I mean, you have it, so what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to ignore it? What, what's the, what's the Torah approach or what's the Tanya's approach? When one is feeling, or one actually is in a state of Yisurim, having Yisurim, he feels the heavy hand, he feels the, 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 the pain of whatever it is, and he's not talking about um, light things, he's talking about the heaviest things in the world. What are the heaviest things in the world? So the Tanya, skip page Ahmed Lamed Gimel, and we'll get back to the other part of Tanya, but it's really sort of, I feel like it's a different different sug, different sugya. I want to get back to that part of Perach Vav. <coughs> but here, just this little middle piece, V'hinei. Eitzah ha-yeutzah letar libo v'kol etzah v'nidna daiga milid yalma. Netanya is going to offer a suggestion to release himself, to, to, cl- to clear his heart from any depression, from any nervousness, from any anxiety. Milid yalma. From, from things of this world. Not mili de shmaya, mili de alma. What are the mili de alma? Three things. Bone, chaye, mezone. There's three areas in life where one could be experiencing very serious yisurim. Very serious pains, problems, challenges. One, children. Children. Children refers to the home. Children refers to shalom bias. Children refers to you know, um, bringing up your children, not having children. The whole parsha of one's personal life is bone. You know, personal relationships, that's bone. Chaye is the challenge of sickness, is the challenge of health. A person can have a challenge, he can be the healthiest person in the world, but he has big issues, big issues with children. Chaye is, a, his family's wonderful, but he has serious, God forbid, Rahman, it's a serious Problem, serious pain, serious uh, sickness, serious <coughs> disease, God forbid. And the third one is Mizone. person can have a wonderful family, person can be very healthy, and the Parnas is killing him. That's the, the, the three levels of Mili di Alma. Bare Chaye Mizone. 
So what happens when one is experiencing, and it's, I, I, I would, I think it's fair to say that it is almost, almost certain that at some point in someone's life, they will have some challenge in one, two, or three of these areas, whether it's Mizone, Parnasa, whether it's health, or whether it's family issues. This is inevitable that a person who's alive and living life in this world is going to be uh, what we would call Yisurim is going to be challenges, serious challenges in Bonei Chaye Mizone. So Tanya says, what's the Eitz Hayutza that he can give the Tahir Libo Mikol Etzev Nidno Daigam Mila Dialma? Daigam means serious anxiety, pain, difficulty, Yisurim. The Tanya says, Mutazos, Lechol, everybody knows, everybody knows, Maimur Razal, Keshem Shemavorech Alatova. He doesn't even finish it off. Kishem Shavarach Alatova, Kach Mavarach Alatova. Where are you up to? Lamed Gimel. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. In Perachavav. It's the second page. Oh, he has it on the. It's it's a different girsa on the iPad. On the iPad. It's a different nusach, not a different gear, different a different layout. You know, all Tanyas have the same layout. They all have the same layout. Am I right? Yes. All time, yes. except for the ones on, yeah, on the Blackberry. They don't have a different layer. They got okay. the next page. Yeah, the next page. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe it has the same. Does it say Lama Gibbon? No. Oh, so it's a different different layer. 21st of Shabbat. Right. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> this is uh, this is one of the hard ones. Where Chazal say, The same way you bless Hashem for the good that happens, so you have to bless Hashem for the Ra. And the Gemara says that would be that would be one thing. That's already a, a challenge. You have to accept even the Ra, even the Yisurim, even the challenge, even the difficult times of life. You have to accept them besimcha. This is not an easy. Not at all an easy feat. Not at all an easy challenge that Chazal are telling us. Lekebule b'simcha. How does one accept Yisurim b'simcha? You know, there's a wonderful translation. It's not, it's not a translation. It's much, much more than a translation. It's a parish, Biratanya from the, from, from Steinsaltz. Yes, I think it's about six or seven. If, if, if you know, Jay has it here. A wonderful, wonderful beer. It's, it's tremendous. He's a great writer. So it's a pleasure. You can you can get stuck. You can start, and you can you can end up reading it for four or five hours. It's very word for word. Also, it's, oh really? Oh, so it's in English too. I didn't know. Okay, so even better, even better. Actually, when I started learning Tanya, I guess probably about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years ago, Rabbi Weinberger said, "Get the this is what he suggested. Get the Steinsaltz uh, beer Tanya." So I went out and bought it. It was a lot cheaper then than it is now. Now it's probably yeah, probably fifty dollars more. But trust me, it's well worth it. So anyway, in on this line, Kabule Besimcha the Balatanya Steinsaltz brings down a Maisa that's worth saying over. It's a tremendous Maisa on the Kabule Besimcha. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it's it's not online, so I, it's not in the in the Baralan, so I didn't make a copy for you. But I'll tell you the Misa. It would be nice if you saw it inside. But let me just, uh, let me, let me bring, oh, here it is, here it is. Oh, uh, sorry? Reposition story? No, 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 no. No, that one you've heard. This one, I don't think you've heard. The, the Rev. Don Berish Meisels was a Robin Warsaw. He was also a big businessman. And he was a, he was a, um, he was in the business of lumber. He was in lumber. What would you call that? A, um, someone who, who works, who, who, who deals in wood. Lumber. There's a certain oh, yeah. name for it. No, no, no. There's a certain name for it. Whatever it is. 
So, no, 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 lumberjack. Or no, 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 no. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever it is. Anyway, he was a very, he was a very wealthy person. He was a very wealthy person. Um, and the way they did it, and the way they did in the, the way they did it in those days, apparently, this the story is that they would often ship the the gigantic piece, you know, trees that were cut down the river. They would put them on rafts and they ship them down the river. And uh, and that's how they got from one place to another. And an enormous shipment that he had, enormous shipment, was on these different rafts that he owned. And uh, he uh, and once in a while, it could be that there's a gigantic snow and a gigantic rain, and, and if the raft can tip over, a person can lose an enormous amount of money. He tells the story that he lost. Uh, there was a big uh, accident, and he and he lost. He lost everything. He lost everything. Literally went from being wealthy to didn't have insurance back then. From being wealthy to being poor overnight. So the family was so distraught they weren't sure how to tell the Rav Dov Barish, and uh, and uh, and they sent one of his close Talmudim to talk to him. And the Talmud says like this: It says, "Rebbe, I want to ask you. I don't understand the Gemara and Brachas. The Gemara says, How is it possible?" She says, "No, you have to believe." You have to have trust and emuna and bitachin the rabbanu that everything he does is for the good. He says yes, but Rebbe, it says lekabule b'simcha. It's one thing to say you know baruch da emes, but how do you do it b'simcha? Is it really possible? He says yes, it's possible. So he goes not only that, but if someone heard very bad news, he's you'd have to get up and dance. So he, the Talmud said, and would you tell me that if your entire business went down in the river, that you would get up and dance? He goes, absolutely. He goes, Rebbe, you can start dancing. I <laughs> says, <laughs> so, Rebbe, you can start dancing. He says, what do you mean? Because it all went down, that big shipment, the whole thing went down into the river, and you lost everything. And on the spot, he fainted. He fainted. And when he came to, he says, I don't understand the Gemara either. <laughs> <laughs> The first thing he said when he woke up, I also don't understand the Gemara at all. It's always easy when someone else comes to you for advice. You say, you have to accept the Besimcha, yeah, you don't have a Parnosa, you haven't gotten married, you don't have children. Yes. It's very easy, but how to say it literally by oneself is not an easy part. So that's what he says. I also don't understand the Gemara. So the Balatanya is trying to figure out how is it really possible? How, what is it, how, does it, how is it really possible? How is it really possible? So the Tanya goes on and he says as follows. Just to give us a slight window into the theoretical possibility that it's possible. Let's just read what he says and see if we can maybe incorporate a tiny drop. Listen to what he says. Just like the simcha that one has when he wins the lottery, because there the simcha is obvious and clear. When one loses all his money, when one loses all his money, when one wins the lottery, he's very happy. When one loses the entire 401k with the retirement and the business and the whole thing goes under, that also one has to accept the simcha. Do you know why? Because that's also good. However, Raksha Eina Niglais Veniris Le'ene Basar. 
because just it's that you can't see that it's good, but the Tanya says it is good. That we've heard before. But listen to what the Tanya adds to our understanding of this difficult parasha. He says, The reason why you can't see the good is because that experience, that challenge that you have now is actually from a world that's called the hidden world. That's why you can't see the good in it because the good is hidden. There's two worlds. There's a world called the Alma de Isgalia. That's the world that we live in. And when a person has Yisurim, especially if they're Yisurim, what we call Yisurim Shalahava, so then they're also good, but it's just you can't see it because it's coming from a higher world. That experience is almost coming through a funnel that hasn't gone through the Alma de Isgalia. It's coming straight down from the higher world. And he quotes a Pasuk that says, and that experience is actually coming from a higher place. When one experiences that, it's actually a higher place than the good. When one has good in life, and he sees that it's good, everybody understands that it's good, and we can exp- we can ex- we can experience it as something that is good. That's called the Amad Iskalya. When one person is going through a very difficult challenge in life, whatever bane chaye mezone or any other thing in life, that's also good, but it's the Alma de Iskasya. And then he says, Shahu Vavhe Mishem Havaya Baruchu. The Alma de Iskasya Hu Yudhe. Hashem's name is Yud K Vav K. The last two letters of Hashem's name represents the world that's revealed. As the Svarim explained that the last He of Hashem's name represents the hand of B'Klai Yisrael that receives from Hashem. That that we could understand, that we could see. The yud represents a higher world, the higher world. The yud will represent, in fancy language, the yud represents Atzilos and Bria, and vav represents Yitzir and Asiyah. For our purposes, vav represents things that we could see as being good, and yud represents things that we believe we're good, but there's no way that we can understand in our world how this could possibly be translated as good on any level. You know why we can't see it? Because it's from the Alma de Iskasia. And that's what it means, and that's why the Pasuk says, fortunate, it's a funny term, fortunate. Fortunate is the person that Hashem afflicts. But it doesn't just say Hashem. You could have used many different terms for God's name. Could have used Yitke Vavke, you could have used Alf Dal Nun Yud, could have used Elohim. That sounds like a good term to use. No, use Ashvegavashati Asrenu Ka, Yudhe. Why the Yudhe? Because the Yudhe is that part of Hashem's name that is the reveal, that is the concealed part of the world that we don't understand. When it says that only after a Malik is destroyed, that the Vavke, Rekiyar Alf Kase Ka, that the hand is it's on the on the on the yud of we can't as long as I'm as long as Mashiach is not here the Middish is not built there's no way that we could possibly understand that world very hard to understand that world it's hidden from us it's the Amad de Iskasya because that is the is the case that's the 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 Kiyot al case coming to be covered over that's the part that we don't understand but you should know that a person is fortunate if he's experiencing Yisurim it's like <laughs> Someone comes to you and tells you they have a problem. What are you supposed to say? You're, you're fortunate. Baruch Hashem. I mean, but that's, we would never say that because that might be considered insensitive. But in the deepest way, the Tanya is telling us actually he is fortunate. 
He actually is fortunate. Because that means Hashem is... Caring about him. Not just caring. Hashem is touching him from a place that most people or other people are not being touched. But, but it's Yisurim. Yes, for whatever reason, Hashem feels the need to... Now, it's interesting. It's very fascinating, almost. You know, it's almost like if some some people... <clears throat> we often talk about that Hashem should give punishments to the Rishayim. This is like a little bit of a paradox, if you think about it. But Steinzeltz explains that. Yisurim to a Russia, but I thought Yisurim is a good thing in the deepest way. So what? It's almost like... So what... Why would we even want Yisurim to a Rasha? It's almost like the person's a Rasha, so he needs more help. And who gets, you know, there's always, generally speaking, I shouldn't say, oh, this is always true, but in, in, I shouldn't say about children. Let's not talk about children. In a class, if you're a teacher in a class, it's often like you have, let's say, 20 kids in the class or 20 students in the class. Often, you know, 50% of your time goes to like 18 students and 50% of the time goes to two students. They said about kids too. Often you have, you know, four kids and some kids just need more effort, more time, more more resources. So, you know, I remember once um, I had a, a, a roommate who was a dentist many years ago. So I, uh, so I, I was, he was telling me how to, you know, the best way to floss your teeth. I said to him, said, why is floss so important? What do I have to floss your teeth for? Brush your teeth. I, how much brushing gets out? I said to him, brushing gets out how much of the stuff that's in mouth? He says 95%. I said, so 90, 95% is not enough? What do you have to be such a perfectionist for? He goes, no. 90% of your problems comes from the 5% that's left. The first 95%, only 10... So once you get rid of that, it's the last 5% that you haven't gotten rid of, 90% of the issues are going to come from that 5%. It's often like that. You know, you're writing a computer program. Remember, you're writing a computer program. To get till... To get till... The finish point takes three days, and then to finish it off, which is like a few more lines of code, that's another three days. Sometimes that's ten days. To, to, to finish it, to close the sale, to make the contact, everything, that's that's easy. But to close, that's the hardest part. Right? I mean, tell me, I think that's, you know, you, we're almost there, we're almost there. What's holding it up? Well, I, I have to still, he didn't say yes, we didn't sign, he, he's double-checking, double, he's, 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 double checking, he's not sure. <coughs> The Balatanya says that the reason why, and it's a paradox, but the reason why that the Russia will get Yisurim is because he needs the Yisurim. It's actually a good thing. Hashem is paying attention. We know the we know the Torah about the Nachash. The, the, the whole curse of the Nachash is that Hashem says, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with you. That's, that's Mitzrayim. The whole idea of Mitzrayim is that Mitzrayim doesn't need rain. It, it, all, the, all the water it needs, it gets from the Nile. No rain, no looking up. Hashem says, I'll give you everything you need. You, you lead your life, and I'll worry about the things that matter to me. When there's Yisur, it means Hashem is paying attention. And it's coming from a place that's the Amad Iskasya, a hidden place, a higher place. And then the Tanya says, Someone who is able to find simcha when one's going through a I almost feel sometimes that reading this is almost just reading the words you know you read the words it's like it's easy to say until you have the yisurim and then it's like what happened to the tiny perach what's going on I thought I thought we learned this because Rav Do Barish learned it too because when it comes down to it Lemaisa it's very hard to put this into practice that we know this is what the is telling us to keep this in mind 
Someone who is sameach when they're having a challenge, a serious challenge, pain, difficulty. He understands that the simcha that one gets from Yisurim is because he understands that Hashem is, is close to him in this experience. As difficult as it is, Hashem is close to me. He cares. I don't know why he's doing this. I'm not sure why this is necessary. But I do know that he's here and he cares. He's, he hasn't forgotten about me. The closest that one has with Hashem is much deeper, is much more profound when it's in the Alma de Iskasa than the Alma de Iskalia. Yoshev b'seiser elyon. Hashem lives in that place that's hidden. So when 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 you you're telling me that I, I'm going through all these problems and Hashem is close to me, <laughs> does that make any sense? If he was close to me. Then let him give me uh, what I need. Let him let him solve the problem. And the Tanya is telling us no. The closest that one has with Hashem is when he's in that world called the Amadiskasya. And yet, because we live in this world, we can still dive in and say, you know what? I appreciate that closest, but I want to experience it on the Amadis guy where I can see the Simcha, where I can see it. That's what it means that Hashem will take the sun out of its case. That will only happen to us in Lovo. The sun out of its case means where a person will be able to see that which is hidden in this world. In the future, it will be revealed from its place of hiding. Only when that time comes, Mashiach comes, will a person be able to go, and Mashiach will be able to tell a person, Oh, you want to know why why that had to happen? You want to? I'll explain it to you now. Till then, there's no way to really fully understand the ways of the Rabbanu Shalom. But it is something that we have to keep in mind when going through those difficult times. In this world, it's only bechin of tzel. It's only bechin of shade. In the future world, it'll be bechin of or it'll be bechin of light, where we'll be able to experience the. The, the, the understanding of why we had to go through these Yisurim and seeing the Kirvis Hashem in that experience. If you take a look, there is a... Yeah. It's funny, you would think that because of... After reading this time, you think that a person should be praying for Yisurim. You know that the Gemara and Brachas tells us of Tanoim, who used to say, Chaviv and Allah Yisurim, bring it on. <laughs> You know, remember that Gemara Daf Hey? Yeah. Okay, so we're not holding on that level. We don't. We're, we're just no shaykes to us. No one, no one. What, what does that even mean? Chavivan Allah Yisurin. It's a different world, a completely different world. But the only way they could say that is because they They were able to feel and, and and understand what the Tanya is saying here. It has to be. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. But I'm saying, somebody that's with the lottery here, maybe in the world of this. Everything. Well, no, everything's a test. I mean, it's. Uh, if someone has good that's niggle in this world, I don't think that we can call that bad. It just means that the good, the bad is good. It doesn't mean that the good is bad. Gamzul is that this is also the tova, but the, the, the good betoras han niggle is also good. It's all good. See how tova In the future, we'll see how tova We see how tova certain things now also. 
Right, but not on, on the Ra. We, we say we don't say. That could be good. That's right, right. Of course, this, sure. Good. That's good. For sure, is good. Right. Yeah. Take a look. Take a look at the uh, at this possible. In Shoftim in the beginning when Klai Yisrael is going out and after Yeshua passes away and they're attempting to battle some of the parts of Eretz Yisrael that had not been won during the life of Yeshua. So in Pasuk of Beis, Pasuk tells us about Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef went up to fight um, against uh, Beit El to try to win the that city. They were spying out in this um, in this city, Beit El, and you should know that the name of the city before it was Beit El is Luz. This already we know from Parshas Vayetze. Uh, Parshas Vayetze, we know about this uh, almost every time. Almost every time the city of Beit El is mentioned, we always. Almost always have to tell you, and by the way, you should know it's Luz. I, you tell me it's Luz. What do you have to tell me? That my street used to be called, I mean, now it's not called that. It was renamed, so forget about it. No. Beit El is Luz. And they were trying to figure out a way, it was, it was well protected. It was, and they were trying to figure out a way to get into the city. It was, it was, it was there was a, there was a, a, a strong wall around the city. There, there were there were soldiers around the city. How do you get into the city? <coughs> so they they they, uh, they see this guy leaving the city and they they pay him something. They promise him something. They give him a, they bribe him and they tell him you know show us a way to get into the city. Do you have any you know everybody yeah, a back door? And we'll, we'll do a chesed with you. They save his family. And he shows them the entrance into the city. So this guy goes back, he built a city, he calls it Luz. Amazing. So Rashi says, quoted from the Medrash, take a look at the Medrash in Oz 2. Rebbe Loza B'Shem Rav Pinchas Barcham Omer, Luz haya omer al pischa shalmara. There was a Luz. A Luz is a type of a tree. A type of a almond tree. The major says there was a luz that was sort of it was like a it was it was it was the cover for the entrance into the city. You can go through the tree into the entrance, and you this way through the tree you can get into the city. But this this tree was hollowed out. You know, you lean on the tree, you think it's a tree, and it opens up. There's a there's a trap door, and you can go through the luz into Beitel. So Rashi, the Medrash tells us, Rashi quotes us and shows them, this is what happened. They had to, they had to fight against Beitel. The way to get into Beitel is how? It's the secret entrance. What's the secret entrance called? Luz. So Lukut Maran in Torah Pehei, Rabbi Nachman tells us one line. <coughs> Based on the Rashi. Derech luz nichnasen lebeisel. 
You know how to get into Beisel? You know how to get to the house of Hashem? You got to go through the Lulz. V'zehu gimel shavua sheim chof alav yom shebein ha-metzor. U'kineg dom bi'ilon Luz. V'shel zeh nohagin lecho beitzeh besudam avsekes betishabov. Ki ha-beitzeh nigmeres v'chof alav yom. Rabbi Nachman tells us three things. There's three twenty ones we have to know about. One twenty one, twenty one days bein ha-metzor between Shavasa b'tabas and Tishabov. Number one. Number two... The, the, I think the Rashi in Yermia, in the beginning of Yermia, when Yermia has that, uh, I think it's the first Nevoah that he has in, in Sefer Yermia, Sefer Yermia, he says, Rashi says that he sees, what is it, Maked, Makel Livnish Luz, and it's like a Shaket, it's Shaket Aniroa, and Rashi tells us the reason why Hashem shows Yermia an almond tree, the Luz tree, it's because it, 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 it matures very quickly. How long does it take the, the almond to mature on this luz tree? 21 days. So the luz almond matures in 21 days. There's 21 days for Yemei Bein HaMetzarim. And there's 21 days that the egg, that the chicken egg takes to mature. That's it. Rabbi Nachman puts the three together. So you have the Elan Luz, Ayin Rashi Yirmiya, that's, that's what I threw that in for, for my own. Elan Luz, Beitza, and Chafalaf Yom. And the Luz, of course, is that it's through the Luz you come to Beisel. We know that there's a bone that is in the back of one's head where the Philin shall go on that bone. That's called the, the Etzem Luz. And it's through that bone that even after a person dies, that bone never is completely um, disintegrated, and Tchias Hamesim comes through that bone called the loose bone. Very, very fascinating. And you know that that loose bone only gets its nourishment through the Sudas Malava Malka, which is a different, uh, definitely something that, that we have to talk about. Right? So I wanted to share with you one piece of Reb Nassim, where he takes this idea of, one more time, Derech Luz Nechnasen Lebeisel. What does that mean? Derech Luz Nechnasen Lebeisel. Through the 21, you go to Beisel. Through the Bein HaMetzarim, you go to Beisel. Through the Yisurim, it's only through the Yisurim, through that, what we would call that Yerida, through that difficulty and pain, it's only through that Cholul, it's only through that emptiness. What does Rashi say? What was in the Luz tree? A Cholul. What's a Cholul? A Cholul. It's emptiness. When a person feels alone, empty, finished, forgotten, through that place, through that feeling, through that, that those Yisurim is the way a person reaches the Rabbana Shalom. That's what the purpose of the Yisurim are. That's Rabb But the way he does it is in such a fancy way. Let me show you what he does. There is a Gemara in Chulin. You would never think that this Gemara in Chulin is going to be used as the basis for something in the world of Hasidus, or in the world of anything in Machshava, and yet it becomes the 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 the, the, the point for Rabbi, for Rab Nassim's piece in Hilchas Beitzim, the laws of kosher and non-kosher eggs. Rab Nassim has five ways of explaining this Gemara. Each one I'll pisod, I'll pichasidus. We're going to learn the fifth one now. What does the Gemara say? I quoted the Gemara Chol Daf Samach Dalad Eiz Elohim Simari Beitzim. How do you know you go to the store you want to buy an egg? Kosher egg. Now you go to the store, you know it says, oh, you want it. Fine, so it's kosher. What do you do a thousand years ago? You go, how do you know if an egg is kosher? So there's a simple simon. The simon is, if Jay was here, I'd ask him to, to go bring us a, an egg from the, from the fridge. There's a simple, there's a simple way of, of detecting. 
Gemara says, Kol Shiko Deres Vagalogos, Rosha Echod Kad Varosha Echod Kad Tahora. Any egg that is round on one side and pointy on the other side is a simmon of a kosher egg. Now the Gemara says you can't only rely on that, but that's what, that's a simmon of being a kosher egg. The Gemara says, Beis Roshah Kadin or Beis Roshah Chadin Tmein. However, if both are rounded or both are pointy, Tmein. Okay, very, very nice. Echod Kad v'echod Chad Tar. Beis Chad or Beis Kad so, Reb goes as follows. I'm going to just share. This is not our Torah. Our Torah is the fifth Torah that he has. I just want to share with you something that's it's ingenious, ingenious. Where he writes, look at this line, the small print. What does it mean that a person, a simon of kashrus, is if one is kad and one is chad? What does kad represent? Chof dalid. This chof dalid sifrei tanach. Kad represents Tarshabhsav. Khad, the Gemara in Taina says that when you have two Tamidah Chachamim, it's important for them to be Mechadid and Zezebahalocha. They have to sharpen each other with back and forth. Two Tamidah Chachamim who live in the same city and they're not Mechadid, Zezebahalocha, it's a bad simon. Chad represents the sharpness of Torah Shabalpeh. If you have someone who focuses on Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabalpeh, simon, simon Tahara. If you focus, if you have no Torah Shabalpeh, if you're from the world of, you know, the, uh, the Karoyim, only Torah Shabachsav, or your Torah Shabalpeh is just your own, not rooted in Torah Shabachsav, it's just, you do every, whatever you want, that's how the Rav Nassim learns, that's two sides Kad, and two sides Chad. person has to have his life, and what Yiddishkeit is, is focused on one part Kad, and one part Chad, so a mixture of the, the, the synthesis of Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat. That's not our sugya, but I thought it would be nice to, to see that. Rablosan writes, Bechinas, Rosh Echad Kad, Zeremez, Abechinas, Torah Shabbat. Shu Esrim Viarba Sifri Hamikra. That's the 24 books of Tanakh. Rosh Echad Chad, Zeremez, Abechinas, Torah Shabbat. Shu Bechinas Chad, sharpness. Ki Ikra Chidud. Who be Torah Shabbat. Bechinas Tamidacham, Hamachad, and Zezebahalocha. Amazing, you hear that? A nail. <laughs> when you talk about the Torah, that we get it from one row, from, from Moshe Rabbeinu, what, what's a nail? A nail is, generally speaking, you don't have, usually it's not sharp on two sides. Right? Sharp on one side and roundish or, or flat on the other side. That's Bechinas Chad, one side Chad and one side Chad. That's why the learning of Torah is compared to a masmer, to a nail. Amazing. But what the, in, in the, in the other piece, if you can't look at the Lukuti Alochas, then Lukuti Alochas, Lukas Beitzin. This is where the, Rav Nossin explains what it means. Echod kad v'echod chad. Take a look at the second column where it says, Halacha heach kol zeh moru 
What he wants to understand is that the look um, in the Reb where it says Halacha Hey in the second column, Ach Kolzeh. Ach kolzem moro marames la adam shei efshar l'shum adam bechlal ubeprat lavo el hatikvatova. It is impossible for a person to come to his ultimate purpose, to his ultimate tachlis. Kiim ayide yitzarv yisrum umuriris gadol shibachinas havelo shemisablin umitzdarin umorin al churban beis hamigdash. A person in this world will have to inevitably go through certain challenges and difficulties in life. The way a person reaches their tachlis, their purpose, their closest, their kirva, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is through that. Avogam kishem isablin umarin al-atsar v'achurbin v'ikr al-sha'anu rechokim kukach begaluseinu gam also lishu'er b'zachas v'shalom But even as a person is experiencing whatever they're experiencing, those Yisurim, person has to know, Rak l'nachem es ha'atzma b'chol pam b'godol ha'tik v'sha'onu m'kavim l'achres tov l'oseis m'agolos m'yafel ha'godol. Even in that place, person can never lose sight of the fact that there is going to be a nechama. There is going to be a time that we're going to get out of the Golos. There is going to be a time where the Yisurim are going to end. Kichaz de Hashem lo samnu. You go down to the end of the that column. No matter what a person goes through, person always has to comfort herself at every point in time. No yeish in the world. Person has to know that what are the challenges they're going through. In the end, they'll be shalva, they'll be menucha, they'll be betach. The chomim shabbos when the sky turned the page, al kedusha shabba emes. There's going to be difficult times. Vei afshal l'skos the shum kedusha amidis kim aide meriris gadol. V'loya ye afshal l'svol hamrisva yisurim rak hashem yisbarach nosin liyav koach l'savlam. And that's why he explains that the Luz and the Beitza, the Beitza we dafke eat, the Beitza represents the 21. Where does Beitza come to 21? Because it takes 21 days for the Beitza to mature. 21 days, so why, at the end of the 21 days, the Beitza is out, so that's a good thing. After, the Luz tree takes 21 days, and then you have the almond, that's a good thing. So why are you eating that when you're supposed to when you're supposed to be ma'abel? Why are you eating the beitzer at a house of avelus if the beitzer represents the fact that after the end of the twenty one days it's over and you have something you have something to eat the luz you have something that that grew on the tree so the answer is that the whole essence of going through the difficult time is to know even when you're going through it that it's going to pass and there's something good that's going to come out of it. Gamzulatov, and that's how he explains in Os Beis towards the bottom of the first column. And that's what it means, Simone Beitzim, that bo- if both of them are Kad and both of them are Chad, it's no good. 
כי זה דרך הרשעים וכל הרחוקים מן האמש, כשנופל עליהם אבלוס ויצר וייסורים, אין הם מנחם את עצמם כלל ואין הם מקווים לצאת משם. פרסון גיבס אופ קומפליט הופ. פרסון גיבס אופ הופ קומפליט, זאת אומרת, זה בלושון קאד. That's two sides that are cod. And when a person is so happy that he doesn't even know that there's a time to mourn, that means that's two sides cod. And he explains why cod is Lashon HaVelos Bechinas Galgal Hushachoza Ba'olam. The idea of having one side kad and one side chad is the person who understands that there's a time when it's difficult and we have to be sensitive to those difficult times, but there's also a time that even when you're going through that, that's the one side that's kad, a person can never lose hope. A person always has to understand that there's going to be a time when it's going to get better. That's the idea what the Tanya said. It's not easy, but that's the avoda that we have when we are going through and people inevitably at some point in our lives will go through these difficult times. So we have to be one side cod and one side cod. We have to go and try to figure out a way to get out of the difficult time, out of the Avelis, out of the Tzad, out of the Yisurim. But in that difficult time, never to lose complete hope so that it's two sides cod. But at the same time, never to think that there aren't difficult times in life so that you're two times cod. You're always uh, you know, laughing and joking about things that are very serious and you don't think things seriously. I'll tell you something. I was reading this, uh, I came across this book. It was actually written. You know what this book is about. It's a... It's a It's a tremendous book the way it was written, but it's the most, one of the most difficult times in the history of our people, the Cantonists. It's actually written by Larry Domnish. You know Larry? So he wrote this book. He's a historian. Yeah, sure, sure. They actually uh, called him up. I asked him if, you know, where I can get the books. So he brought me one. It's a very, very difficult read. Very, very difficult. It's, it's an impossible read. There was a, you know, there's a Cantonist, the, the Jewish children who, um, Tsar Nicholas, Yimach Shemov is a row, should be, uh, destroyed together with Hitler and all the other Rosham Yimach Shemom. So he, uh, he wants to convert the Jewish people, so what he does is at eight, not six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, he literally snatches the, you know, the little Jewish kids and he takes them into his army. 25 years, which starts when they're 18. They're broken, they're tortured, they're destroyed. Terrible, unbelievable use for them. We can't even imagine what it is that they went through. We know, it's, it's impossible to imagine what they went through. And then his son takes over the czarship, if you call it the czarship, and he has more Rachmanis, and that ended basically that period. You know, so it, was a, it went, uh, probably went off about 25, 30, 35 years. So these little boys were, uh, it's hard to even say, but there's one particular story, there's one particular story about a young boy His name was Tuvia Silverman. Um, he became the, the Czar's, Czar Nicholas's musician. And he found out, uh, I think he completely forgot that he was Jewish. His mother, as he was being kidnapped uh, or taken away, she gave him a little note. And she says that um, at one point you'll give this, when you meet a rabbi, you'll give this to him. And he's already, this is 10, 15 years into his uh, serviceship to the Czar. And he somehow comes into contact with some Jewish family. And he meets a rabbi and he gives, he goes, I don't know anything, but I know that my mother said to give this to a rabbi and he gives it to a rabbi. Again, he, was, he left when he was six or seven years old. He remembered very little. And the rabbi reads it and it says who he is and where he's from and where he was taken from and his family. And the rabbi starts to cry. And the rabbi says, I want you to go to the Shidlavatsa Rebbe. So, um, doesn't say his name. I was looking to find out who, who it was. It's from the Biala Hasidim. So it doesn't say his particular name. There were a lot of Shidlavatsa Rebbe's. 
But he writes that when this guy, um, Tovia Shkolnik, his original name was, I think, Silverman, Shkolnik, comes into the rabbi, he didn't even know he was Jewish. So when Shkolnik walked into the waiting room dressed like a Russian soldier with a Russian-style beard, the Jews were noticeably frightened. So the, the, the other Hasidah were waiting by the rabbi, and this guy walks in, you know, with this, this whole Russian garb, and he's, the, he's literally, he's the, he is the head of the, of the, um, of the, of, uh, of the band that plays for the czar. He has this very special and amazing, uh, you know, uh, outfit, whatever it is. And he walks in and everybody's petrified. The Russian soldiers, oh my gosh, what's he coming for? And, uh, he says, I'm here to see the Rebbe. So the Rebbe stands up. The Rebbe stands up and he goes, here, you sit in my seat. Rebbe was, everybody was, they didn't know what he was here for. Who knows? Some type of Malshinus, some type of problem that he has. He's gonna kidnap someone. He's gonna, there's gonna be a Malshinus. So he says, no Rebbe, zit, don't worry, you can sit. And uh, the Rebbe, he gives him the, pe- the letter to read. And it says, um, Please seat yourself. Shkolnik smiled and all for the traditional greeting, Shalom Aleichem. They sat down to talk. The Rebbe spoke to him. But Shkolnik didn't know any Yiddish because he, he left home when he was, uh, he was six. Now he was 25. He produced the letter to the Shedlitz and Rav. And Rebbe, the Rebbe, he started to cry. The Rebbe kissed Tuvia and laid his hand on his head to bless him. He fetched a chassid who spoke Russian to translate and they had a pleasant conversation. The Rebbe introduced Skolnik to his followers and said, This is my son, Tuvia. From now on, Tuvia, you are a member of our family. Eventually, he introduced him to his niece and they got married. Over the next several months of frequent visits, the Rebbe taught Skolnik to pray. He became like a member of the family. On one occasion, the Rebbe said, My son, Tuvia, you are a great tzaddik because though you suffered so much, you have remained a Jew. You are a greater tzaddik than I. You, Tuvia, are the bridge room for Hannah Esther. Maybe we maybe, maybe, maybe we have no shaykhahs to people who have that type of yisurim. We do have shaykhahs to people who know, uh, who people who, who have parents or, or, or know people who went through the uh, went through the war. I was just at a shiva call just a few minutes ago, um, and the person who passed away was a survivor. He died at 103 years old, um, and uh, I think when he was seven, when he was the last 35 years, he started to open up about his life. I mean, people like this who go through that level of sermon and say strong, they're the real tzaddik. We have to learn a little bit from them that when we have our problems, we have to know that for whatever reason Hashem is doing it, if we have the ability to raise ourselves up and accept them b'simcha, or even if we faint at first, like we've done with bear, but accept them from simcha, it will put us uh, at a very, very, very high level, a coveted level. For the tzaddikim and Bezras Hashem, we should know from these things. This is one of those things that Tanya tells us. If someone is experiencing it, this is something to work on, to try to be able to have a life of simcha, even in difficult uh, challenges. Okay. Yes, Hashem, next week we'll have a...